0: Occult Confessions is brought to you commercial-free through the generous support of our patrons.
1: Visit occultconfessions.com and click on Donate to help keep the history of the occult on the digital airwaves.
2: I got a long opener here today, friends, Uh, so I just want to let everybody know that I do have people here. You just heard their voices. Uh, Savannah and Jacob are, are here. Just say hi real quick, guys, before I do this opening.
1: Hello. Hello. (laughs)
2: The reason the opener is so long is uh, because we are going to be tackling, you know, I'm going to be getting my hands dirty today. I usually cover history, you know, from 20 years ago to 2000 years ago, but you know, we're right up to the present moment, which is a little unusual for this show. Uh, so I've got a lot of caveats, because I also don't want to turn anybody off who's conspiracy-minded. I think uh, Matthew Denteeth, a conspiracy scholar, says, and, and I tend to agree with him, that there are conspiracies out there. There are some conspiracies that are real. And uh, Denteith uses this metaphor of, uh, like, inoculations, which, you know, vaccines are qu- quite a topic right now. Quite a good idea, as i said on a separate podcast um, episode. But uh, his his idea is that we should all need to be inoculated against false conspiracies, meaning that we need to be exposed to them so that we can identify the real ones when we come across them. And I think that's really uh, the reason I've done all of this. So this is the 15th episode, you two, that I have done on Satanic Panic.
1: Christ. Wow.
0: 15th.
2: <laughs> yeah. Our very first one was in the first year, uh, and here we are in, in year four now, finishing this. I
1: hope.
0: Are we gonna hmm. make one about the little Nas episode? <laughs> <gasps> oh, satanic panic. Wait, the music video?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd <You> be sick.
0: <laughs> ushered in a new wave of satanic panic.
1: You did. Okay, well, you know, I look forward to the two
2: of you researching and writing that. And yes, okay. I will gladly. <laughs> Both of you to soon. We and-
1: already haven't.
0: <laughs> Patreon special. Yeah. yeah. Right.
2: All right, here we go. This is The Satanic Panic Returns or uh, The Satanic Panic Strikes Back or Satanic Panic Revival. You pick whatever you want to call it.
0: Revenge of the Satanic Panic.
2: (laughs) Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) Widespread belief in the existence of Satanic cults committing acts of ritual evil began in 1980 and lasted through the 90s. These legends captured the attention of major news outlets and were broadcast by Geraldo Rivera and Oprah Winfrey. Children, primarily at daycare centers, were being subjected to strange and, and extreme forms of sexual abuse and torture. In communities across the U.S. and Canada, police officers were discovering what they interpreted as links between local crimes and satanic beliefs and practices. Then. Starting in the late 80s, the same journalists who had interviewed police officers and therapists about the absolute reality of these cults switched teams. As ritual abuse claims grew increasingly bizarre, the conversation itself turned. It was clear that overzealous therapists and detectives had been feeding children memories of abuse that never happened, a phenomenon that came to be called false memory syndrome. It also became clear that most of what had been sold to the public was, in fact, a lie. It became clear, that is, to mainstream culture. At the same time therapists were dropping their specializations in ritual abuse from their business cards, and police departments were canceling seminars on satanic crime, conspiracy theorists were busy capturing and preserving the panic for future generations. In his book Psychic Dictatorship in the USA, Alex Constantine argued that the false memory syndrome had in fact been invented by the mass media to cover up the abuse panic they had created. In Constantine's theory, published in 1995, conspiracists went so far as to hire Hollywood screenwriter Abby Mann, responsible for judgment at Nuremberg and the television series Kojak starring Telly Savalas, to craft a narrative explaining away children's testimony. That's how deep the conspiracy went. It went all the way. To Kojak. A still more productive line of conspiracy thought came from our friend Kathy O'Brien. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean our personal friend. Savannah knows Kathy O'Brien from a, uh, last year.
1: Yep.
2: Uh, our last series. So this line of conspiracy thought uh, was the CIA's Project Monarch conspiracy, and, and O'Brien was certainly not the only one, but she's perhaps the most famous of the uh, Monarch conspiracy theorists. She claimed to have been abused by her father as a child, prompting her to develop multiple personalities. Her father learned of the CIA's mind control program either through her uncle or perhaps as part of a secret plea deal to escape prosecution for unrelated crimes uh, and signed O'Brien up for this mind control program. Following CIA instruction, her dad prepared his daughter to serve as a government sex slave. She went on to create pornographic movies for Reagan and passed drugs and messages between Central and South America and the U.S., purportedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> in one particularly dramatic moment in her career as a sex slave, she traveled with military mind controller and leader of the Temple of Set, Michael Aquino, so she says, to threaten Manuel Noriega, Panama's leader who was ultimately deposed by the Americans, according to this O'Brien legend. Noriega and Regan had been collaborating on drug trade, and Regan decided it was time to cut him off. So, dressed in the dark cape, Michael Aquino whipped O'Brien, appeared to stop her heart, caused an image of Baphomet to appear on her skin, and had her masturbate with an electric prod. Noriega was so disturbed by Aquino, and by extension Regan's satanic power, which was demonstrated in all the things he had O'Brien do, that... Noriega agreed to break drug trafficking ties with the Americans immediately. Independent journalist Walter H. Bauert interviewed a woman named Victoria Volpez, who claimed to have been mind-controlled by Project Monarch much like Kathy O'Brien. Volpez said that she had been inoculated against AIDS, a treatment that is not currently available to us in 2021. But Volpez says government officials in the 1990s and their sex slaves secretly received this vaccine. Late 80s, even. She says her training as a government sex slave caused her to develop psychic powers as well. At Area 51, best known for its association to uh, alien crash activities, uh, Area 51 in Nevada, believed to have been a UFO crash site, she demonstrated her skills by telekinetically knocking the glasses off of a man's face and then reading his mind. In Bauert's very monarch-survivor-friendly account, Bauert cited two sources willing to question the veracity of these incredible claims. One of them was FBI agent Kenneth Lanning, who suggested that Volpez and other so-called monarch-survivors were in fact the victims of a myth being spread at therapy conferences, something we talked about on our last episode. And also Dr. Colin Ross, an expert on multiple personalities, who met with Volpez personally and concluded that it was, quoting here, difficult to figure out how much is real and how much is not real. O'Brien, Volpez, and their fellow monarch survivors, as well as Constantine, W.H. Bauert, and other peddlers of mind control theories, didn't necessarily garner a large audience for their ideas, but they kept the panic alive in the dark corners of our culture, preserving it like a vampire in its coffin, until the dark night of the American soul would allow the monster to rise once again, newly invigorated under the banner of a single letter, Q. Today, we're going to tackle the contemporary conspiracy scene, which I know has been covered by many other podcasts, but we're going to focus on the way the conspiracy community wields claims of satanic abuse and ritual evil, a topic that has not been explored much, if at all, in the wide world of commentary. If anyone is joining us today who is a Q-believer, or Q-curious, or just really likes Donald Trump, I encourage you to go back and listen to our full series before engaging with this episode. I'm not here to belittle your values or attack you. Today, I'm completing what is in this instance a seven part investigation, but what is ultimately a 15 part investigation of how the legend of a satanic cabal practicing ritual evil has been carried forward from biblical times to us right here and now. And if you still think these ideas are reasonable, I'm not going to denigrate you for it. I try very hard to keep partisan politics out of this podcast as much as possible, in large part because I don't identify with any party's platform, in the same way that I can say I I don't ascribe to all of the beliefs in any single organized religious tradition. I think this is actually true of most people, whether or not they choose to acknowledge it. In any case, I have waited to do this work until after the end of the Trump administration so that we can look back on it as history, although these ideas are still very much ongoing. The satanic panic which had lain dormant for over 20 years came back in the 21st century. It's our responsibility to try and make sense of how that happened and what it means, because I expect this revival will continue to resonate through the culture for years to come. My name is Rob C. Thompson. I am the Supreme Hierophant of the Secret Order of Alchemical Actors. I am joined this day by Savannah Barrett, our sister of the 84th degree.
0: Hello. What's up, Savannah? Uh, Nothing much, just processing all that info that you just dumped. In a good <laughs> That's way. That's a lot to take
2: yeah. <laughs> in. Yeah. And an Reagan reference in there. There we go. <laughs> Well, you know, well, we're we're gonna go go at this claim by claim, try to break this down. Jacob Wheatley is also with us, our uh, knight of the dangling serpent. I was always gonna call you a master or
1: something, but master you're a knight. Of the dangling serpent. You have been knighted. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. <laughs> it's getting a
2: little too close to master bait,
1: there, isn't it? It uh, wasn't it already. <laughs> 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 Can never get too close, I guess. That's true. <laughs> that's true
2: (laughs) let's pledge it out (laughs) we the members of the The secret order of of alchemical alchemical actors do solemnly
1: commit ourselves to full and honest telling of of the history history of the occult as far as we know it
2: all right then uh which of you would like to open up the plugs
0: jacob you do it
1: okay uh plug 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 it's not as good i'm sorry (laughs) There's too much pressure. That's all right.
2: You get a chance to close them, so you'll get another shot at this
1: (laughs) All right.
2: (laughs) Uh, As usual, we'd like to welcome our patrons. Very grateful for these new folks joining us. Richard S., Paula R., Frater M., Price S., and Miranda Y. Uh, Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining the patron crew uh you know we've got a nice list on a regular basis and uh that is something i am truly grateful for the patreon keeps growing and it is essential to keeping us going over here uh these two these two characters that i'm talking to here jacob and savannah are uh with us every month on patreon as we work our way through various religions of the world Mm -hmm. uh luke kinnaman is also going to be uh He's, he's uh, one of our voice boys, uh, does voices for us, and uh, is an editor, a sound editor, and he's been doing a series where he interviews the alchemical actors. So if you want to know more about what goes on inside our heads, mm-hmm. that's also going to be featured on Patreon.
0: Yeah, we talk about our uh, deep childhood fears <laughs> in yeah. that interview.
2: Yeah. Very spooky. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Dan Rosendale uh, and remind you on behalf of Dan, our Eye of the Archive, that we are on YouTube and our YouTube is a growing concern. And uh, when we can get enough folks following us, we are going to start developing content specifically for YouTube. So if you haven't yet, check out Occult Confessions on YouTube. Finally, I want to thank David Hatton for suggesting the topic for today's episode. David, I don't know if you remember. It's been a little while, but we had an email exchange that stuck with me. Uh, And so here we are, completing this series on ritual evil. All right, uh, here it is, Jacob. Here's your shot. See how you do this time. Okay.
1: Plug, plug, plug. Uh, Better?
2: Yeah, it was cleaner. It was cleaner.
1: Thank you. I wasn't as nervous that time. (laughs)
2: Alright, let's see. You, are you guys really you ready? Do you feel mentally prepared for this? I'm always ready. <laughs> I know that's true.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> okay. Jacob, you good? I guess. <laughs> let's begin with Pizzagate and spirit cooking. The Pizzagate conspiracy began on Reddit. As most good things do, right? Am I right? <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. I'm on Reddit every day.
2: <laughs> Beginning good things, right? Planting fe- seeds that will only grow into beautiful charitable projects in the future. Am I right, Savannah?
0: Of course. That's my favorite yes. subreddit, <laughs> <laughs> r, sure r- slash charity. r slash peace on earth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Pizzagate conspiracy begins on Reddit, but after an armed man... Entered a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C., looking for a child pornography ring in a janitor's closet. You guys remember this?
0: No. No.
2: You don't remember this happening? So it was Comet Ping Pong's name of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. The popular message board banned the Pizzagate conspiracy community after this event. So a guy literally walks into this restaurant because the belief was that the, there was a child porn ring being run out of it. Today, the Pizzagate conspiracy exists on a service called Vote. V-O-A-T. Pizzagate conspiracy is based on leaked emails from Hillary Clinton during her time as Secretary of State and while she was running for president. Conspiracy theorists interpreted pizza as a code word for child trafficking, which led to the notion that this restaurant, Comet Pizza and Ping Pong, was a front for a criminal operation. None of this is ringing a bell? It's about 10 years ago, 7 years ago?
0: Um, No? mm -mm. I've Mm -hmm. heard the word Pizzagate before, but I've never read anything about what it actually was
2: this, this conspiracy is not con- obscure enough for you you're, you're, you do the mechanical birds <laughs> <laughs> we're not deep enough for Savannah she, she doesn't like this surface stuff
0: yeah I mean everybody's heard about <laughs> it's, it's too mainstream too
1: mainstream,
0: mainstream.
2: <laughs> <laughs> too mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a badly misled but otherwise well intentioned man fired shots into an empty janitor's closet I'm of course being very nice there The conspiracy theory came crashing down around the ears of its propagators, except for the fact that, I'm lying, it didn't really. In fact, the Pizzagay conspiracy became the root of much of the early lore that would fill the posts of Q, whose drops, in turn, formed the core of what's come to be called the Q Anon conspiracy. A couple of arguments surfaced to defend the Pizzagateers. First, that the media's focus on the failed one-man raid at Comet Pizza was an attempt to discredit belief in what Pizzagateers said was a real conspiracy. You got me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So this guy, I mean, very, very mistakenly, is shooting into a closet, and the media storm around this is just to make Pizzagate look silly. But that's just part of the conspiracy. The second idea is that shills were promoting purposefully outlandish ideas in order to make the Pizzagate theorists look bad. In other words, anything that you as the audience to this conspiracy theory perceived to be ridiculous or insane is actually false information and not a part of the real conspiracy. The conspiracy, by contrast, must be quite reasonable. You see? So if you hear anything, you're like, that's insane.
0: I'm in a couple subreddits that call people out whenever somebody questions anything they're like you're a shill like and they're like <laughs> mods block this dude and shit it's crazy i didn't that's so weird that you say
2: that <laughs> i mean shill to me means that it's money like i said a couple episodes ago savannah with mims but uh that you're being paid off in some way yeah but they also use it to mean that if you're being paid you're being paid to promote outlandish ideas hmm. in order to make the conspiracy look bad so, writing in 2017, I I Joseph Z I I said, hmm. <laughs> I just got to tell you, I really was digging through some shit here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was a dark couple of weeks in my life when I was having to read these message boards. i um, sure. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, Joseph says. Joseph Z says. Two Joseph Z two says. We all know what Pizzagate isn't because the legacy media, media have provided us with that false narrative of Hillary Clinton and a DC pizzeria. Don't get me wrong, they were big players, but only a tiny fraction of the conspiracy. They were conspirators, but also more than willing patrons. So what is Pizzagate really? I'll put it as best I can, says Joseph C. Two, To Joseph C. Two, it is the ultra-rich global Zionist elite shoring up the compliance of the political class through pedophilia, the intelligence agencies bringing down social and political movements using pedophilia, and it is police forces controlling the trade in child prostitutes to target people on an individual basis. You got a through line for me here?
0: Uh, I do not.
2: (laughs) 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 Pedophilia? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Did you you hear that word a few times?
0: (laughs) And the elite, the elite...
2: The elite, yes. The elite. So the elite is a little bit new. The Zionist concept suggests Jews, Judaism. Um, this, again, is is an old idea going all the way back to Nesta Helen Webster. The pedophilia is a kind of update on what we were talking about at the top of the episode with O'Brien and that sort of abuse, sexual abuse. It's also, you know, the child abuse and child murder that goes back thousands of years in satanic ritual claims which you know we've we've debunked since the year 500 bce at this point so it's back quote unquote art that's the name of a poster quote unquote art (laughs) i hope his name is art arthur uh, who knows? Artie. He posted that. Art, Artie. I'm gonna go call him a he, because it's art. <laughs> art posted that, to me, the truth of Pizzagate struck with the sudden confluence of spirit cooking, Silsby, Georgievich, Georgievich, and Comet's Instagram and concert posters, even if they're LARPing as satanic pedophile as a satanic pedophile click. Who in the effing hell does that? unthinkably warped people and if they're not just larping christ almighty (laughs) 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 so so, (laughs) the, the point here is a zionist satanic pedophile elite is engaged according to this pizzagate theory in an international child abuse and blackmailing operation We hear themes of anti-Semitism, we hear themes of ritual evil, we hear themes of harm to children, and these themes all resonate across millennia. Back to the blood libel claims with the anti-Semitism— Back to the Gnostics with Ritual Evil and the early Christians. The notion that this is being perpetrated largely or exclusively by the highest echelons of society, the so-called deep state, is a relatively recent phenomenon attributable to O'Brien, in my opinion, and the Project Monarch survivors. I think these folks really got this idea going, that behind this satanic abuse is an elite, a government elite, in their opinion. Mm. And for O'Brien, I have to clarify... Remember Savannah? That was she targeting Democrats or Republicans? Do you remember?
0: Uh, I kind of just remember her targeting like just higher up people.
2: Yeah, you're right. It was everybody. Yeah, she had Clinton in there. She had Reagan in there. She had Cheney in there. She had Jimmy Buffett. Like it was oh, yeah. all sorts of. <laughs> That's <folks>. right. <laughs> there was not any clear politics to to the monarch narratives, quote unquote art. Artie, leaves open the possibility that Satanism is just a kind of live-action play, something O'Brien's also suggesting in her account, particularly the story of Aquino and Noriega. So think about that story I told at the beginning of Aquino, like, you know, doing all these crazy satanic things. He's not really satanic, he's just playing games to scare Noriega. And that's sort of what this art character in Pizzagate is sort of reviving this idea that Satanism isn't really Satanism. Nobody's really worshipping worshiping Lucifer. They're just doing horrible things because they like to do horrible things and because they can get away with it. You see what I mean?
0: Yeah. And it's like fun to pretend to be like magical and evil and stuff.
2: I think it's misleading. Yeah, it misleads the public is the Pizzagate idea mm. that the Satanism is just sort of painted on to mislead the public. Mm. But all of this is sort of um, undercut our sort of LARPing theory because he calls out the ritual evil of spirit cooking. You ready for this? Spirit cooking is generally attributed to pioneering performance artist Marina Abramovich. Hmm. You guys know her? No. We talked about her in in class ages ago. In my, my Western class, I talk about performance art. Serbian Abramovich gained notoriety for her body art in which she would perform acts that put her personal experience of pain, discomfort, or physical endurance on stage. Maybe some of this will ring a bell. Let me know. Yeah. She lay in a burning star-shaped frame that deprived her of oxygen until her audience saved her. In another performance, she carved a pentagram in her stomach with an X-Acto knife while drinking entire bottles of honey and wine.
0: I think I remember you talking about that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. The Lips of Thomas her performance that, that performance is called the lips of thomas that's i think to me it's her most well-known it's the one i often talk about most recently she sat for a full day over the course of months while audience members came uh, came and went sitting directly across from her and looking at her face so she would look at their face they would look at her face in this art gallery and they get up and leave it's called the artist is present there's actually a documentary about this performance In 1996, Abramovich produced a cookbook of aphrodisiac recipes with Jacob Samuel that she called Spirit Cooking. This became part of an art installation. The recipes were part comedy, part poetry, part ritual instruction. I'll give you some examples. Mix fresh breast milk with fresh sperm milk. Drink on earthquake days. Here's another recipe. When Jacob's already here. Jacob's already doing this. With a sharp knife, cut deeply into the middle finger of your left hand. Eat the pain. Third recipe. Fresh morning urine. Sprinkle over nightmare dreams.
1: It is kind of pretty, isn't it? It is. That one's kind of beautiful, I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah. Uh, I like the concept of drinking anything on earthquake days as well. But <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so... The Truth Agenda Conspiracy Blog, which collates the conspiracy critique of these performances, accuses Abramovich of performing what they called ritual satanic worship in public view. This line of thought calls Abramovich out without acknowledging the decades, if not centuries-long tradition of artists antagonizing organized religion. Perhaps the most famous modern example is Andrei Serrano's Piss Christ, Literally, a photograph of a crucifix submerged in urine.
0: Mm.
2: It's a photograph of this crucifix in urine. It's not the photograph in urine. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he submerged the crucifix, took a picture. It's the picture that's the art. Anyhow, Andre Serrano, I think, is not involved in this at all. I'm sure he is in some dark corner of the internet, but he's not on the surface of this where I was doing my work.
0: They're coming after all artists eventually.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, probably. I, I probably got like knee deep, maybe thigh deep in these uh, these claims. I, I can get up to my, my nose. You or didn't anything.
1: submerge yourself completely in the piss cross.
2: Mm. <laughs> no, 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 I did not. For the truth agenda this blog, Abramovich's pentagrams and ritual suffering must be satanic, although her art is so open-ended, it's impossible to say exactly what she means with her pentagrams or bloodied body. If I choose to believe in a satanic cabal, I could just as easily interpret the pentagram as a critique of the cabal of abusers, or as an attempt to out them to the public, right?
0: Yeah, or it's just a like a, a dirty picture, like it gets people talking, Yeah. like oh. It's
2: just... Trying to get, yeah, publicity, right? Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. she meant to shock. As with most performance artists, Abramovich never provides any kind of full explanation of her performances. And Abram- Abramovich's performances seem less strange when they're placed in the context of other contemporaneous performance artists. Joseph Bies locked himself in an art gallery with a wild coyote. Remember that? Oh, no. G- G- I showed pictures of that. <laughs> Gina Payne invited audience members to her apartment to watch her vomit. Huh. And in cut piece, Yoko Ono allowed her audience to cut off her clothes. Yeah. Finally, Vito Acconci masturbated under the floorboards of a gallery while museum patrons walked overhead in a performance he called Seedbed. Mm-hmm.
0: That's really weird. <laughs> That's really odd. Isn't it? Yeah. What? All delightfully <laughs> weird.
2: <laughs> That's just performance art. So if you take Abramovich out of the context of those things, she seems quite odd. But when you put her in with all these other performance artists... <laughs> it kind of makes sense. She's not even the most shocking. None of these artists are implicated in the conspiracy, in my opinion, because with the exception of Yoko Ono, they have not courted celebrity quite like Marina Abramovich. Mm. You guys, I think I'm going to need to be sold on this and and I can do it. So Abramovich is not a household name quite like Yoko Ono. (laughs) Well, yeah. But Yoko Ono is not associated with performance art to the degree that Abramovich is because, you know, she did another famous thing well, when John Lennon. I didn't even John know Lennon. that Yoko
0: Ono did performance art. <laughs> yes, so. yeah,
2: she was, that's what she was doing before John Lennon. And mm-hmm. she met John Lennon and, you know, I think that was part of her appeal. She was an artist. What distinguishes Abramovich from these other artists is the degree to which she has become a mascot for neo-shamanic performance art, if not performance art in general. She's cozied up to politicians and celebrities alike and created arts installations at major Hollywood fundraisers. This, to the Truth Agenda conspiracy blog, suggests her involvement in an elite cabal. She has, Truth Agenda claims, invited political figures, including Hillary Clinton, to her spirit-cooking dinners. Following the style of most postmodern conspiracy theory, the Truth Agenda never explains what happens at these dinners, but we're left to connect the dots between the Satanism... An elite cabal, and the use of various bodily fluids. Let's get into Q, just dip our toes in Q, then we're gonna go deep. Q Post 1205, published on April 2018, was a screenshot from TV actress Alison Mack's Twitter feed of Mac with Abramovich. Two posts earlier, Q noted that, quoting, Mac is naming names, big names in H wood, government, local, federal. At the time, Alison Mack had been arrested for her role as one of the leaders of the Nexium organization. Oh,
0: I thought that was that woman.
2: There you go, yeah. She was on uh, the Superman show. Mm -hmm. One of them Superman shows. (laughs) There you go, yeah, yeah. There's so many shows about Superman. (laughs) She recently pled guilty to racketeering after being charged with human trafficking. The image sits among Q's other drops without comment, presumably speaking for itself, without really saying anything in particular. And now... QAnon. I just need a breath. Deep breath. All right. You thought I was... Now, if I'm thigh deep, I'm heading for the hips now. (laughs) Q claims to be a leading figure in the Trump administration, with an inside track on how President Donald Trump is leading an effort to cleanse the world of child-abusing deep state satanic elites. A recent HBO documentary has raised the strong possibility that Q was always, in fact, well, maybe not always, but eventually, two unrelated people with a forum administrator taking over Q's account after Q migrated to 8chan after less than a year of posts. So uh, let me just clarify that real quick. Q initially posted on, uh, I think it was 4chan, but then... Left four chan and went to eight chan. Uh, and part of the point this documentary makes is that when Q moved to eight chan, whoever was doing those initial Q posts lost control of Q, and the moderator of the, the chan itself took over. You got me. Yeah. Uh, and it's a pretty compelling case, actually. Uh, the documentary is reasonable. I, I recommend it. What, From if you're interested. Wait, was in this it kind
0: suggesting of stuff. that only one person was Q at first?
2: Uh, well, we don't know. Q, so have you looked into this, Savannah? So there could be, uh, there's about three people who are generally believed to possibly be the original Q. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then after March 2018, I believe, right around there, there was this change in Q ownership that was observed by a few, you know, folks who are high up in the moderator chain on 8chan and <laughs> the like uh and q was always a very heavy draw for 8chan because 8chan's kind of you know darker and darker deeper and deeper into the web yeah and q was the main reason a lot of people came to 8chan so the argument that this documentary makes is that q was 8chan that the 8chan mods were q in order to drive traffic oh okay so all that having been said for many q believers Q is, if not a single person, then at least a coordinated effort. Q's posts are an amalgam of modern conspiracies, ranging from voter fraud to vaccines, but at their core is a continuation and elaboration of the major themes of Pizzagate. I'll, I'll also say that last I checked, Q is not really posting anymore, that it seems to have ended in January.
0: Oh, after the, the insurrection?
2: Neighborhood of the insurrection. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact date, but wow. uh, Q seems to have gone silent. Well, Trump is He's gone. Still, yeah. as, you know. Trump is no longer the mm. president. Trump certainly not gone, but Trump is no longer the president. <laughs> and they need so. to be
0: fighting for their cause even harder, right?
2: You would think. Mm. They're, they're not at the center of power, though, according to the mythos around <laughs> Q. They've, they've left the White House. According to Q, post number 15 on Halloween Day 2017.
3: There are more good people than bad. The wizards and warlocks inside term will not allow another satanic evil POS to control our country. Realize Soros, Clintons, Obama, Putin, etc. are all controlled by three families. The fourth was removed post-Trump's victory. The corruption that will come out is so serious that deals must be cut for people to walk away. Otherwise, 70% of elected politicians would be in jail. You're already seeing it already beginning. Uh, A deep cleaning is occurring and the prevention and defense of pure evil is occurring on a daily basis. Not just these are evil parties who have lost control, JFK and Reagan were past mistakes of this evil cabal!
2: JFK and Reagan were past mistakes of the cabal, I assume because they were cool. They were not evil. This post is somewhat misleading insofar as the Soros family is one of the three families at the top. The House of Saud, the Rothschilds, and the Soroses form the Illuminati Triangle of Control at the top of the hierarchy. Post number 133. In line with over a century of satanic conspiracy, going back to Edith Starr Miller and Nesta Helen Webster, the conspiracy is perpetrated around and against Christians. Miller worried about Masons, whereas Webster, reading the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, worried about a Jewish cabal. Q maintains an implicit anti Semitism, but adds a 21st century twist with the House of Saud, the Saudis. These families also hint at the international flavor of Q's conspiracy. While the American President Trump is the savior, the problem is global. Reviving the theme of overt anti-Nazism, Germany's Angela Merkel is accused of being an agent of the deep state descended from Adolf Hitler's bloodline. I I do want to say, too, like, (laughs) there are German and British Q people, Q believers. This is not just American. They're global. They're all over the world.
0: Yeah.
2: Or there used to be. <laughs> Things have certainly taken a turn, uh, but there, there, there have been. Kennedy and Reagan, like Trump, opposed the deep state, which makes them mistakes from a deep state perspective. So there you go, Savannah. Your man, Reagan. Oh, God. He, he's in the clear.
0: <laughs> there we go.
2: He's a good guy. He did he's okay. One
0: thing right, I guess.
2: <laughs> he, Was did. he did. He did not join Q, the deep state. Non- when the when the deep state offered to feed him children, Reagan said, "No, I will star in a movie with a monkey, but I will not eat your children." Good for him. <laughs> right? You gotta have a you gotta draw the line somewhere. Obviously. <laughs> do, do you know Reagan? I was actually quite proud of that movie. I watched an interview with him, but maybe a Dick Cabot, and he really liked the monkey movie. Really? Yeah, he th- hmm. thought it thought it was a clever premise. Um, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> says Q, reveres JFK and prays to him in the Oval Office every day. I'm going to read you the prayer.
0: That Trump prays to JFK?
2: Yeah, this is past tense, of course. But yeah, in his four years in office, Trump would pray, would, would pray the JFK prayer every day, would pray to JFK. Mm-hmm. He'd say, May you look down from above and continue to guide us as we ring the bell of freedom and destroy those who wish to sacrifice our children, our way of life, and our world. I find this interesting because uh, this is reverence for America's first Catholic president, who is invoked as a kind of saint to intercede on the president's behalf, which suggests that Q does not follow the long-standing anti-Catholic thread that runs through satanic satanic conspiracy theory, most notably, of course, in the anti-Catholic, you know, conspiracy of the 19th century. If this is a Christian theory, it's not as stolidly Protestant as its predecessors, or perhaps as literate in matters of religious rivalry. I, I it it's worth noting.
0: That's really odd,
2: isn't it? It's yeah. strange
0: to picture him doing that every day. Oh,
2: <laughs> praying yeah. to JFK. Well, well yeah. To that, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, all of it is very odd, but that in particular. I,
2: my opinion on the Protestantism is that you know people like Edith Star Miller and Nesta Helm Webster, like the twentieth century progenitors of these things, were you know stolidly Protestant. They went to church. I think that the Q stuff is just not anti-Catholic by accident. Like if it knew enough to be anti-Catholic, I suspect that it might just, <laughs> it might invoke that, mm. um, you know, but it also quotes bishops and stuff. It's it's very, Q's just sort of like um, very opportunist. And I don't think very, as I said, very religiously aware mm. of, you know, the trends in conspiracy historically. Okay. All right, so as I mentioned the, uh, earlier, Q initially posted to 4chan starting before Halloween 2017, but as an as internet companies sought to distance themselves from conspiracy theories, Q moved to 8chan until, that is, the site was shut down in August 2019 because of its ties to two basically unrelated back-to-back mass shootings. Uh, I, I believe that these mass shootings had more to do with the Nazi posts, the Nazi, neo-Nazi mm-hmm. community on 8chan. <laughs> Uh, The Q community was uh, not necessarily tied up with them, but 8chan was just like a cesspool. It was like the (laughs) the worst people uh, had congregated. Um, Today, Q posts uh, to a site called 8coon, which is a dark web revival of 8chan, which requires Tor software to access, but Q's posts are helpfully propagated on regular internet sites as well. Helpfully, that is for researchers like me, who don't really want to be on 8 coon. <laughs> yeah. So I used an aggregator. Uh, Q's satanic conspiracy dates to the very first day of posts, the original Q, October 29th,
3: 2017. Who was the FBI director during the Haiti crisis? How many kids disappeared? Again, good people were forced into bed with this evil under personal and family threats. Could you live with yourself helping to cover such evil, despicable acts if given a safe way out? These people worship Satan! Some openly show it!
2: On October 4th, 2016, Hurricane Matthew devastated the Caribbean island nation of Haiti, killing hundreds of people, destroying hundreds of thousands of homes, and leaving more than a million Haitians in need of humanitarian aid. Some of that aid came from the United States government. The answer to Q's questions is James Comey, whose tenure ended in 2017 under pressure from President Trump. The conspiratorial implication is that Comey was working on behalf of Clinton. The complexities of this claim aren't worth rehearsing here. It's enough to say that despite any outward appearance of discord, Comey and Clinton work together as part of the deep state of satanic elites. What I'm getting at here is that Comey has been blamed for tanking the Clinton campaign do you guys remember this has been a little while but mm-hmm. because he released those uh the emails or something he was responsible for some sort of or you know he, that he he said the fbi would investigate her shortly before the election
0: oh i did not yeah, come
2: Comey did that yeah so he's generally not considered to be a friend of clinton's but in this conspiracy he is it just seems like they're not friends but what does the haitian earthquake have to do with any of it in the first place the satanic elite, as it turns out, were using this humanitarian crisis in Haiti to farm up children to abuse in the context of ritual evil. Q Post 29 on the 1st of November 2017
3: says. The- networks are being dismantled. The child abductions for satanic rituals, i.e. Haiti and other third world countries, are paused, not terminated, till players in custody slash we pray every single day for God's guidance and direction as we are truly up against pure evil.
2: The Haitian theme arrives early in the first few days of Q's posts, and it has staying power. Q is still talking about it in March 2018, 800 posts later asking why the children in Haiti are in high demand and how they're smuggled out. There is also a strong millenarian angle to Q's posts. The world is on the brink of apocalypse, but in a very positive sense. The storm is coming, in which Trump will sweep out all the agents and operatives of the deep state and usher in a new era of morality and peace. By the brink of apocalypse, I mean in 2017. In the first few days of posts, Q anticipates action... Over the course of the next several days.
0: How did Trump so. become their savior? Do, do, <sighs> like i out of all people
1: I, I don't think and I'm, I've ever bu- just I'm definitely biased. Before. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm one hundred percent biased. But how? <laughs> like, this just, it just doesn't make any sense.
2: I can speculate on this, Savannah. I I, I, I mean th- this is not my line of research, but I, I can speculate why this would be the case. I think, and we have to bear in mind, we, we can't lose sight of the fact that, you know, even though this is not an overtly anti-Catholic uh, thing, which, you know, is generally associated with evangelicals and stuff, they really don't like Catholics. Jacob, am I right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I was about to say I yeah. wasn't allowed to talk to Catholics while I was growing up.
2: <laughs> right. Oh
0: my God.
1: Um, I'm not joking. But,
2: The evangelicals embraced Trump as a kind of imperfect tool of God's will, you know, to do things like uh, end abortion rights in the United States and that sort of stuff. Um, And I think that, you know, there's a similar sort of ethos in Q. The idea from the start was that Trump is a sort of like dark horse, an outsider, because nobody expected him to win the Republican primary, and he did. Uh he did he's never acted like a politician. In all his four years in office he did not behave at all like we're used to politicians behaving. Mm-hmm. Uh he was very much on the outside. Uh so
0: while still being in the was, Hollywood elite. Like <laughs> uh, Yes. <laughs> I think so
2: there much. are intense ironies. Not only is he in the Hollywood elite, the man is wealthy and uh, This is a matter of record that he does not treat uh, his contractors or workers especially well. He stiffs people on contracts. I'm from New Jersey, where Trump built a lot of his casinos. And uh, (laughs) that's where there's a lot of angry, angry contractors who didn't get paid. um, Casinos that went bankrupt. But um, yeah, I mean, there's ironies in there. Don't get me wrong. But it's that public perception of him as a dark horse, as an outsider, that I think led to this... Uh, you know millenarian he's he's the kind of you know white knight dark horse white knight on a dark horse
0: i I guess it's also a way to drive traffic too because people just hate him so much <laughs> that like anything saying that he's like a savior is going to draw attention from both sides
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah in, in a way i don't want to be too vitriolic about trump because yeah that's sort of exactly what folks want they it's what trump wants is vitriol it proves that he's good you know because there are these the you know he's owning the libs or whatever (laughs) uh people love that i mean the people who hate the libs love it and the libs love it because you know they get to get upset about something and shake their fists (laughs) it's all theater um and and q is, is part of the theater q is a big part of the theater I mean, conspiracy culture has been with us forever. It's rare in American history that a conspiracy like Q comes around that is this engaging, that it gets millions of people involved, that has members of Congress believing, current members of Congress who ascribe to this conspiracy belief system. It's very unusual. Okay, so what happens because the dreamed of storm, right, it never arrives? We never got the storm. Trump never cleaned out all those elites. They're still kicking around. Hillary Clinton is not behind bars, right? Nobody locked her up. There was never a storm. <laughs> so the child trafficking, in Q's opinion, since we don't have the storm, the child trafficking must continue. On the 10th of March, 2018, in post-923, Q starts one of the more bizarre threads in the conspiracy theory, pulling together Hollywood and Washington, D.C. in the same vast network of elite abusers.
3: They made many current slash former enslaved children famous, slash Hollywood is filled with them, slash models, slash the loudest voices, slash brainwashed, slash who was adopted, slash who was born in, slash they thought the sheep would follow the stars, slash Q.
2: Kathy O'Brien, while programmed by her father in the CIA, had, as I mentioned, brushes with entertainers, including Jimmy Buffett. Bryce Taylor, who followed O'Brien with her memoir, Thanks for the Memories, accused Henry Kissinger and Bob Hope of mind controlling and enslaving her. In the Q-Generation, we have our own version of this, Sarah Ruth Ashcraft, who laid out her own experience of enslavement by big name celebrities in a series of tweets. Because today we
1: don't write books, (laughs) we (laughs) tweet. (laughs) Live tweeting it
2: writing a book is a 90s thing for conspiracy theorists <laughs> now we just tweet well i mean q is just a series of tweets essentially yeah you know they're very short they tend to be very short there's rarely are there posts that are paragraph length they're they're usually quite short so let's talk about sarah ruth ashcraft she claimed to be a hivite a hivite hivite Member of the Hive, member of a oh. Babylonian cult going back 6,000 years, descended from the Cain of Genesis through the line of Abraham. Other names for the Hivites include the Illuminati, the Freemasons, the Muslim Brotherhood, the Ashkenazis, the Antifa, the Mormons, Scientologists, Roman Catholics, Deep States, Luciferians, and Secret Order of Alchemical Actors. Oh.
0: <laughs> we made the list
2: you can't say it (laughs) wouldn't that be cool if we were on the list that'd be so funny. actually i think one of
1: these days we
2: will be (laughs) let's let's hope we get big enough to be trolled by conspiracy (laughs) theorists i mean we already are in a certain way they they, but they have find us like if they were just if they were doing it off of our pages and stuff (laughs) that's when it gets real These Hivite groups are organized in a pyramidal structure with a single head and council of twelve below that leader. This should all sound very familiar. Most of them are in sales and real estate. Okay. Okay. This is going to hurt you a little bit, Jacob, and I apologize in advance as a person raised in the church. Jesus of Nazareth, according to Ashcraft, was also a Hivite who was programmed and, quote, dissociated, made to have multiple personalities as a child using, again, I'm quoting, neuro-linguistic programming tactics... Hivites perpetuate their own existence by mind-controlling their children, by the way. Uh, Ashcraft says, I believe Jesus woke up from the mind control, started teaching people to resist hashtag Hivite control, and they crucified him. Hashtag. Ritual sacrifice.
0: So you're reading like an actual tweet?
2: Yeah, I'm reading the, her oh actual my God. words here. Oh my gosh. Uh, and co-opted his message of self-reliance slash empowerment and personal direct relationship with God and twisted it just as he warned they would do. Huh. How you feel about that? Um Jesus had multiple personalities
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and woke up to his mind control. I didn't... And the crucifixion was ritual evil.
1: Mm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Are you there for it? I guess. I don't know. (laughs) You ready to join that church? Join that congregation? You know what's sad? I've been in many churches like that, so already. Oh, really? So you've heard similar things? Oh, yeah. No, I've been to a few churches that were very much like that, which is weird because they're like the woke ones. (laughs) They
2: are super woke. They are beyond woke. Hivites wrote the Gnostic Gospels and promote false reptilian and Satanist narratives in order to obscure their true designs. This is the Schill argument, again, that, you know, these crazy reptilian ideas and these crazy satanic ideas. But, you know, in fairness to Ashcraft, I have spent 15 episodes explaining why they're not logical and why they aren't true. <laughs> uh, but they're all lies. The, the, the Hivites made all those up to obscure their New World Order, uh, which they hope to initiate under a one-world benevolent dictatorship. This is what we have to look forward to in this dictatorship. They're going to normalize pedophilia. They're also going to normalize human sacrifice so that they can depopulate the earth, leaving only enough people alive to serve them. Oh, no. Let me quote Ashcraft once more, because we're all having so much fun. (laughs) They eat flesh and kill babies because it desecrates everything natural. They use blood for parabiosis to try and live forever. But not dying to them is not the same as living forever, as we have come to understand it. Everything they do and say is symbolic. Mm. I did it that way because that's in caps. Whoa. Yeah. Symbolic. That's important.
0: No subtlety. (laughs)
2: No subtlety. No. Everything is symbolic. (laughs) No, this you gotta you gotta you gotta read that symbolism. q also frequently will tell people to read between the lines you know nothing is accidental alice in wonderland there's a lot of like coded language in all of these Alice in these wonderland? modern conspiracies
0: yeah i was yeah, it's a frequent thing. disney one of the things that they say helps brainwash children and stuff
2: well kathy o'brien did say that yeah but, uh, disney is largely kept out of this uh, maybe it's a corporate sponsor i don't know
0: <laughs> Well, because I was thinking like with the Hollywood, I'm kidding of course, League. don't cool sue us, Disney. Disney. Oh no, yeah, oh god. Well, because they they talked <laughs> oh about gosh. like children being brainwashed to be like stars and stuff. Where it's like a lot of the Disney, Disney Channel stars? like stars that we grew up with are now like adults and kind of like have a huge. Are
2: you're suggesting Miley Cyrus, like maybe be no,
1: <laughs> maybe no, no, Miley no. no. Cyrus I mean, I'm not suggesting anything. Oh, she like, has
2: multiple anything. personalities.
1: She does. She did <laughs> have like a, a rebellion phase. <laughs>
2: she Yeah, she I think Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, that's probably ground zero for this whole conspiracy. Wow. Now,
0: I'm not trying to suggest that I actually buy into any of this. I just think that is an interesting point where they're like, Oh, these children were brainwashed to be celebrities to so brainwash our children and now those I don't know. I just feel like those are examples of probably what they're thinking of.
2: <laughs> yeah, the the Miley proof. The Miley proof for the Ashcraft conspiracy really for the hashtag high
0: I feel like she kind of started her own like mini satanic panic when she started becoming more of an adult
2: I mean I think that yeah her case proves this in in many ways not only did she play a character with multiple personalities on TV (laughs) but as soon as she hit puberty right puberty was weird for her and she got really you know out there and started sticking her tongue out and stuff and then she was pansexual and America couldn't handle her (laughs) Maybe that her tongue maybe is, you know, that's she's deprogramming us with her tongue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, America's got to get with it, man. Like that was too edgy for us. Mm.
1: She's
2: waking us up to the truth, (laughs) the pansexual truth. She's like onto
1: rock music now. So good for her. Weird. Yeah.
2: Weird. Weird. Just like daddy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if I'd call achy, breaky heart anything. It's its own genre.
0: But then, but then what's his name her dad was in a music video with little nas and now little nas is the head of the <gasps> panic shit, right. so.
2: it
1: all comes full circle it wow. all comes full circle billy ray cyrus is the leader of this entire thing
2: <laughs> we just thought he was a goofball <laughs> i was afraid of his heart exploding nope we underestimated you billy wow Ashcraft claimed to be a victim of Pizzagate, of course, and said she was abused personally by Hillary Clinton, which was a claim, incidentally, also made by Kathy O'Brien, whose 1995 memoir included cameos by Hillary and Bill, and that her father sold her to Tom Hanks as a dissociated mind-control doll. <clears throat> I just need a moment here. I was about to say, the last um,
0: time you said that, you got really offended. So I was like, because I
2: just... It. Tom Hanks... I love Tom Hanks. I can't help it. Tom Hanks—he's the Jimmy Stewart of our generation. He's Tom freaking Hanks. Uh, in class, I mentioned Tom Hanks all the time because he's just such a nice guy. Freaking Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks went to a community college. He's a humble man. Yes. He plays—he's the American everyman.
0: Forrest Gump.
2: Right, right. And he showed us the danger of of conspiracy theorizing in the burbs. Did he not? Did he not predict this in the burbs? <laughs>
0: And he also, you know, he had coronavirus to prove to everyone that it was actually real. And he did yeah. it. He let us know.
2: That's true. That's he true. Let actually. us know. Well.
0: here on Occult Confessions, we stand, Tom Hanks.
2: We stand with Tom Hanks. He he's got that crazy son who raps, but he's oh, he lets it happen. He doesn't. Tom Hanks doesn't speak out against his crazy son. He just lets that go. <laughs> he's just like us. We have crazy. Th- Children and relatives, too. We understand. And Colin is not as good as him, but still, he got Colin some work. Oh, Tom. All right. Having said all that about Tom Hanks, I'm going to say the horrible
1: things
2: (laughs) she said about him. Great. She accused Hanks of abusing. This is the whole reason I'm doing this whole series. I've done 15 episodes just because of this Tom Hanks nonsense. I just couldn't take it. He was so mad, (laughs)
0: fuming.
2: So upset. He saved Private Ryan, damn it! So, (laughs) did whatever a Cloud Atlas is. I mean, come on. He landed a plane too, right? He did. He landed that plane, even though it was on the Hudson Bay. (laughs) Tom Hanks. Oh my God. Ashcraft says that Hanks abused her in Birmingham, Michigan during the filming of the movie Big.
0: Wasn't that like one of his first movies?
2: Yeah, it was an early one. That was back when he did comedy. Yeah, the romantic comedy phase. That post, which was made on the... And he had a cameo on Family Ties. That post, which was made on the 23rd of... July, He played the drunk uncle of Michael J. Fox. (laughs) (laughs) And he ran out of alcohol. And I think he just like started drinking... Like, you know, Tabasco sauce, like whatever was in the fridge. Like cough syrup. Yeah, it was a a fantastic episode. Anyway, so so many Hanks facts that nobody asked for. I
0: didn't realize you were a super fan of Tom Hanks.
2: (laughs) I'm not exactly, I guess, but I just think there's nothing wrong with him. Like, everybody's so messed up. (laughs) Everyone's just such a disaster, except for Tom Hanks. (laughs)
0: Anyhow, hearing you talk about a celebrity at all like this is <laughs> like, it's
2: wow. really I funny. know, right? I don't, it's, I hate celebrities. It's I really celebrity surreal, culture. Actually.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> it's just so normal. Yeah. yeah. Ashcraft says that he abused her in Birmingham, Michigan, which apparently is a place. The post was made on the 23rd of July, 2018. It received replies connecting Ashcraft's accusation to pictures that Tom Hanks posted of a left shoe and the shadow of his hand. Which is just, you know, Tom Hanks hijinks. Ashcraft said that the shadowy <laughs> hand referred to the left-hand path, a mode of occult practice often associated with Satanism, and shared a picture she claimed to have drawn as a child of legs and feet with the left shoe missing. You got me?
0: So, no, I think I got lost somewhere. He posted a Tom picture
2: of Yeah, he posts a left shoe, and she's like, This is so weird. What Tom Hanks is referring to is the fact that he abused me. You can tell by this childhood picture I draw where I'm not wearing a left shoe.
0: Oh. Okay. (laughs) Big, big,
2: the movie Big, incidentally, was filmed in New York and New Jersey. And as far as I can tell, not anywhere near wherever Birmingham, Michigan is. (laughs) Isaac Cappy, an actor who had appeared in Thor and Breaking Bad, ran with Ashcraft's theory, claiming that he had evidence of widespread pedophilia among the rich and famous in Hollywood.
0: Wait, 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 Making who? videos. He he was in this Thor. Is this
2: Isaac Cappy. He's a he's a character actor. Yeah, he was. He didn't play a big part, but he was. He was in Thor.
0: Oh, okay. I thought because I thought. Never mind. I, I just literally watched Thor, so that movie's like super fresh in my mind. So I was like, oh my god, who is it? But. I Uh, He's in there. He
2: does a thing, yeah. After a cryptic social media post apologizing for bringing shame upon the Q movement upon himself while maintaining the accuracy of his accusations, Cappy threw himself off a highway overpass in Arizona. This is all true. Our own show actually had a brush with a Cappy thread uh, of the conspiracy to give you a sense of the breadth and the reach of these claims. We at Occult Confessions first came across the Cappy story when someone referenced it on a Facebook post announcing the start of our new show, The Dark Pool, last year. The show, someone suggested, sounded a lot like what Cappy was talking about. Though our crew went back and forth on it for days, we were completely unable to make sense of what that meant. You can still find this, I think, somewhere in our Facebook.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We have a lot of posts now. Y'all just
2: scroll for a while. So in the world of conspiracy lore, claims pile on top of each other, forming their own self-validating universe of understanding, or a closed loop. To some, the fact that Q, Ashcraft, and the Pizzagate theorists draw the same connection between sacred societies, child abuse, and ritual evil proves that the conspiracy is real and ancient. But every time rumors of such a cult arise, we find good reasons to doubt them. Early Christians, Gnostics, blood libel, so-called witches, Catholics, Satanists in Victoria, Canada, that is, daycare providers, secret Nazi mind controllers, in every single case, scrutiny of the evidence turned up no persuasive account for the existence of a conspiracy. The degree to which every accusation of ritual evil has been an expression of prejudice, anxiety, or self-righteous indignation, rather than well-reasoned evidence-based thought, shows a peculiar human tendency to express our darkest feelings through the propagation of myths about the ritual abuse of children. Going all the way back to the start of our series, I'm drawn to what Norman Kahn had to say about second-century Christians and the accusations of child sacrifice made against them love this scholar Norman Kahn. Before the second century, there weren't enough Christians for anyone to care. After the second century, there were too many for the accusations to hold. In the intervening century, the 200s, it appears that Christians were busy reshaping the culture in their mold. Those who accused them were clearly anxious about the impact Christians threatened to have on their culture. For the Pizzagate and Q believers, the political and Hollywood elite had an outsized influence on our culture, threatening how these conspiracy believers prefer to see it. In this, I think the Q theorists actually have a point. I also worry about the influence commercial art has on our lives and the moral compromises our politicians are willing to make. I apparently love Tom Hanks and didn't even know it. (laughs) I noted as much when I admired O'Brien's memoir reading it as a kind of allegory in our satanic ritual abuse episode last year. Furthermore, human trafficking and child abuse are reprehensible crimes conducted by small networks and individuals worldwide and are a real problem that deserve attention. Mm -hmm. Expressing these anxieties in the form of salacious criminal accusations certainly does garner more attention than making a reasoned case. And that's the problem. Ashcraft and Q are, after all, far more popular than I am. But, here's my dark truth. I'd rather speak the truth to the few than lie to the many. No matter how noble I believe my cause to be, the means do not justify the ends, insofar as they distort the conversation and discredit the source. Any meaningful critique of Hollywood or DC is lost in the noise and din of of so much nonsense. And that's what I have to say about QAnon.
0: Snap, snap, snap.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Closing thoughts, you guys? Are you doing okay after deep diving into this?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I feel good now because it's, over i have done this work okay we can move on get back to fun things sex magic and the necronomicon and all the fun stuff i get to do this year i can stop doing this dark heavy lifting so yes i i feel good now jacob
1: okay (laughs) do you feel good uh it's a lot to take in. I'm can... <laughs> A little scared right now, maybe? Yeah, yeah I, it's more than a little. It's, I'm pretty scared at the moment, but that's fine.
2: <laughs> I do think that this movement is fading. I think that we are in its decline, but I don't know how long that's going to last. I mean, certain world events could... At any moment, cause it to spring back up again. I, I, I mean, remember that vampire metaphor at the beginning, mm. O'Brien, and, and there were there are folks who will keep this alive. They'll keep the flame going mm-hmm. until they get the opportunity again. And, and I don't think it's intentional. In Q's case, I think it is partially intentional. It's 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 publicity gathering. Mm. It's attention gathering. But um, I think there's also some a legitimate will willingness to believe in this stuff. Um, yeah. Well, didn't so, people
0: come forward after the insurrection and say, Oh, this is going to be the new date where Trump will take back over the office and stuff. And mm-hmm. then like they tried it's to also come keep and gone. it alive. Yeah. yeah and yeah. of course nothing happened. So it's now dying.
2: Some obscure reading of the constitution. I think yeah, it was supposed to happen in March. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the the millennium keeps coming and going. We keep, <laughs> the world just keeps spinning. <sighs> All right. Who wants to bring us on home? Oh, Shavana, that should be you. Jacob did the plugs. Yeah. Bring us on home.
0: I hereby, uh, crap. I can't remember the one.
2: You adjourn. <laughs> oh, you thank adjourn.
0: you. I hereby adjourn this meeting of the alchemical actors until such a time as we get together and do it again.
2: It's a paraphrase, but it's close enough. Uh, we had, We really messed this up. We had the uh, <laughs> lovely dulcet tones of Andrew Mims giving us the voice of Q today, which, you know, nobody knows what Q sounds like. So in my head, Q sounds exactly like Andrew Mims.
0: Congrats, oh, no. Mims.
2: <laughs> Uh, and, uh, joining me at the table, uh, at the virtual table, we, uh, Jacob Wheatley, our Knight of the Dangling Serpent. Goodbye. <laughs> and Savannah Verrett, our sister of the 84th degree.
0: Goodbye. Thank you for listening.
2: Me, my name is Rob C. Thompson. Join us next time, uh, in our new series, series number 14. Oh
0: my Where God. We... Oh, wow. We're yeah, how about
2: that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're old. We're gonna, well, you know, we do four, four seasons a year, so it's not so bad. But yes, it is year four. We've been doing this for a while. Wow. <laughs> uh, we're going to play around with some fictional occultism and, and really uh, both how occultism has been interpreted as a metaphor uh, and how some fictional tales have sought to explore occult themes. Um, the, the work I'm really going to focus on, I'm going to focus on the 19th century, a few books in the 19th century, and then we're going to go ahead and do some Lovecraft stuff. Uh, Ooh, as these guys know, yay. I am a Lovecraft person i find lovecraft fascinating and troubling Mm -hmm. uh so we're gonna go ahead and lovecraft around for a while here on occult confessions see you next time